author Andrea Bernholz. In her career, she's been interviewed with a number of publications from the Wall Street Journal to British Vogue. She's the founder and creator of Swim Minister, the world's first problem-solving swimwear collection, former co-founder of infamous rock and public denim and lifestyle brand, and CEO of Titan Industries Highwear Fashion Footwear. She's experienced in managing real-world fashion challenges whilst now leading the way in sustainable manufacturing. Hello and welcome to the Vision Podcast 3.0. My name is Julia Brunton, and some people call me Jules. This podcast is about life, whether your goal is living your best life or simply navigating life. By listening to this podcast, you may learn something new, you may well get inspired and you may well laugh. And you may even find you ignite a new sense of self-belief too. All I ask is you remain open. Each week, please join me and guests as we share stories, learnings and truths from past and present, the good, the bad, the brilliant. Thank you for joining the Vision community. Andrea, hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us today. There's something I need to ask because I did do a little um, research and background uh, on yourself. And <laughs> is, it, is, is it true that you went, you went to Paris Fashion Week you got hit by a car. It was actually a truck. Yes. A truck. Oh Broke my, my nose outside of the Alexander McQueen show. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And yeah. was, is that um, obviously not something you expected and did, were you actually, were you able to actually attend the show or were you literally flat out? And Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was so crazy. I, with a really prominent um brand new client um, out mm-hmm. of Qatar and we're having this meeting and it went long and he said well let's carry on this meeting we've got I've got to get to the Alexander Queen show come with me I said okay and I, I knew him for like half an hour so it, you know it was really embarrassing to get injured with this basically a stranger you know so we get out of the car it was raining and he goes let's just cross the street and you know in Paris the right hand turn lanes so there's that little raised bit you know mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't expect it. And it was dark and it was raining. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to go run and I tripped. And as I tripped, mm-hmm. I fell. And then as I fell, it was like a this, one of those trucks comes and it was green. And I felt like a cartoon. It was like circle, circle, <laughs> green. And I, I, I remember thinking, oh, my God, like my face was on fire. And I thought, oh, my God, my face is gone. Like I've just like... <sighs> I've ruined the moneymaker. No, um, I, it, it was horrible. And I had, I passed out and I was, and I wake up on the street and it was like a movie. It really was like, I just see everyone gasping and like the, the street light, the car lights and the rain and everyone holding their mouth like, oh my God, this poor woman, she's face down in the street. And then I felt my nose and I thought, okay, it's still, the bridge of the nose is still there. So like we can work with it. We can just, you know, but in all honesty, um, I did break my nose and everything. So they, they did quickly get me an ice pack. And, and he said, what do you want to do? And I was in such shock. I said, we'll just, we'll go, we'll go. So I went to the show and I ran into, of course, people I knew. And they were like, what is going on? What's going on? I said, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing, you know. And then he took me directly after the show to one of those um, ambulance hospital things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I had a, a small cut and a broken nose. And they set my nose. He just looked at me, the doctor. And he goes, hold on. And he goes, <clears throat> and he put my nose back in place. Yeah, it's terrible. But I had a really bad, turns out I had a very bad concussion. And um, I, I went to see this famous specialist that this person had connected me with and got me in to see him. And he said, to, for the swelling to go down. But yeah, it was, uh, it was quite traumatic. And um, it, was, it was funny because the, the man who I was with he does uh, all the licensing for Hermes in, in Qatar. And the next day he sent me a, this beautiful, big, you know, Hermes bracelet, like, oh my God, I hope you're all right. And, you know, I'm always like, so not serious. I joke about a lot of things. Yeah. So I said, okay, right. So if I want a Birkin, do I need to get hit on the train? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my really? From, I was thinking along on, the same we, line. <laughs> so from then on, we actually became dear friends for many years after that oh <laughs> and gosh. did a lot of business together. <laughs> the g- great moments from not so um, not so great 
So it's uh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, <laughs> does yeah. that go down as your most challenging, most difficult moment in your 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 career, or um, or oh, most no, painful? Gosh. No, that was probably physically the most painful. Yes. Mm. Um, there's been so many different kinds of pains because mm. when you work all the way from, you know, starting a brand basically from your garage and growing pains, financial pains, mm. uh, manufacturing pains. I mean, the whole thing, it, it's quite a big, quite a big pain, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember um, another time in Paris when there yeah. was the, um, I, we had just kind of started and we were doing, um, I was to meet Christian Lacroix at the headquarters you know, at his atelier. And I was all excited. We were talking about, um, uh, you know, this is when he had his ready to wear collection. And we thought about working together and I had, I brought three bags of some jeans for everyone and I had everything prepped really lovely and everything. And then um, the taxi strike was on. And I, at that time I didn't have a car or driver or anything. So the mm-hmm. drive, the taxi, uh, dropped me off really far away and I was very lost. It was, I think my second time in Paris, you know, and I didn't know what to do. So I'm walking and I think I'm figuring it out, but then it starts to rain. So now my bags that I had, they were rock and Republic shoppers, but they got wet and they're all, all the jeans are starting to fall out onto the floor, you know, on the ground. So I'm holding everything like a bag lady and I see a policeman and I'm asking him like showing him the directions and he thinks I'm nuts. And th- it was right outside of the, um, the, that one of the embassies and there was this, a stanchion, you know, this metal portable gates. So I went to go lean everything on there to show the address mm-hmm. on my phone and the gate fell over. And then all of a sudden all these cups come, um, these policemen, and then they, they made the sign, like the international, like, are you drunk sign? You know, like, <laughs> oh, and so I look, that was, that was painful. Adventures. And I showed up like mm-hmm. uh, adventures. Yeah. I showed up looking like a wet dog, broken bags. It was a mess, but um I mean, it all turned out all right, you know. <laughs> but, but, but that's real life, isn't it? And you you have to roll with it. It is real life. And, and so I like the I, I like the way that you um you obviously have a sense of humor, it would seem, and you you know yes. um I think in obviously in business it's I think it's actually quite a great business tool to have. I see it as a tool because you do need to laugh sometimes and you do need to, especially when you're navigating some of those challenging moments as you've just described. Um do you find uh, but at the same time, we also know when people talk about business and they talk about money, that you're supposed to be really serious. You're not allowed to have. How do you do? You, do you? What's your sort of? Um, how do you lead on something like that? Do you um, do you try and integrate well, humor? And I always try to integrate humor because that's who I am. It's my true personality. Mm-hmm. I always look at things and and try to laugh. You know the old saying. You know either you're laughing or you're crying, right? So yeah, there's there's no crying in fashion. <laughs> so you have to sweetie. laugh um I just uh, yeah sweetie so I just um I find that but also I am very professional and yes, cool. you know need to do what I need to do and uh, take care of business you know and when it comes to financing of course mm-hmm. I listen I pay attention I um it's not like I'm just a big old goofball but <laughs> no, it's, I'd rather have more fun and I and you know when you do have your own collection or when you're so involved mm-hmm. in your career and your work, you know, it becomes who you are as a person. So your mm-hmm. personality has to reflect that or just you're smothering your soul and it's not true to who you really, really are. Absolutely. And I like to have fun with everything, even if it's something really just terrible, like have fun with it, sing a silly song, do something, you know, yes. you just I think you have to. I, I, I agree. And I think it's a really powerful tool, you know, whether you want to put it in the positive psychology box, but navigating the life is you know it is it's not going to be all smooth riding and uh, we know that um we know we're going to hit hurdles and events that aren't going to be so fun but we have to I am a firm believer of bringing that in where you can and it's not out of naivety or not out of not caring it's it's uh important and and like you said it's very important I am actually the reason why I've been on in I've been here in Hawaii for so long uh, I have a family member who's who's quite ill and he's been in the hospital. So he loves Madonna. So I got a disco ball and I plugged it into the hospital room. And then we sing Madonna songs. And then anyone who comes to visit, we pull back the curtain and pretend like it's a talk show. And so we try to incorporate as much humor even in absolutely. the hospital. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know what their situation is. 
I've worked with some clients before where they they actually use humor as a as a tool of therapy because they were going through very severe illnesses and although you know you still had those the not so fun moments it was definitely a tool that they brought in and there's been so many studies where they're looking at how humor and laughter can really impact positively on a on a well-being scale there's some great great um, analysis on that so I, I yeah I mean all the doctors and nurses are like oh we wish all of our patients could be in this room you know <laughs> Wow. Well, it, and it's infectious, though, because it, it, it helps everyone. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that's how it, it's true for the entire world with everything. And the pandemic was a, a good indicator of that. It's mm. like they created this panic. So everyone jumped on this panic ball. Right. So it just it mm. fed the negativity. Absolutely. It fed the fear. It fed all yeah. these things. And if you, you know, try to 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 turn the ball, it's hard, but it, it's easier to like start to share love and like the back of my business card, really large, it says smile. And everyone oh, really? who t- picks up my card puts on a really big smile. And it's like, you know, I can, I can be deep and I can be serious. Of and, course. You I... know, life can, you know, it has this, but it's like, why can't we at least share smiles and mm. be positive? I really, really try to, to share positivity. And mm. I really want myself to win and my team to win. And I want mm. your team to win. Absolutely. I call it my win-win. And um, I have the, just a lot of weird little sayings all the time, but that's my really big one. It, it, it's a win-win. Like if you are mm-hmm. making money, I'm making money. If you're having fun, I, we, you know, mm-hmm. I'm having fun. Like it just it has to kind of be yin and the yang. I, I love what you've just said there. I'm completely on that page. Um, however, in my experience, I'm not sure that many other people are um that's no. just my my journey <laughs> what do you think I mean have you I, yeah, I'm, okay, and especially yeah. especially in the female lane as well I'm I'm I believe in healthy competition I think that's fantastic but I also believe that you can be you can have healthy competition and also collaborate and also champion um and um but I that's my how I see the the world or how I would would like things to be but in my experience it hasn't been like that what is that what about your side? No, sadly, I, I, I agree. Sadly, it, it isn't, um, you know, that the opposite is true. For some reason, uh, a lot of, especially women, don't want other women to succeed, which I think is very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try to mentor or help as many people as I possibly can. And I look to others for mentoring. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't have one mentor. I take like bits and pieces from from women I admire, from men I admire. But um, I really try to follow the, the woman's lead because we do have it different. You know, mm-hmm. we could pretend it's not true, but it is. You know? mm-hmm. um, and I think that as long as however we approach different situations, as long as we stay true to who we are and get our point across, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just, we have to be smarter. We have to fight harder. We sometimes have to be more serious. We have to overlook a lot of things, um, but just keep going. It was really eye-opening when after selling Roth and Republic, you know, when after we had built up the brand, everyone, you know, they treated me with such respect and they were so happy to see me. And then, um, quote unquote, I thought I retired. You know, I just, I was done, sold the business. I had a baby. I'm, you know, moved out to the suburbs. I was like, okay, this is my new life. You know, like that lasted for a minute. But um, then I was recruited to, to, to um, be the CEO at, at Titan Industries. Uh, it was this footwear licensing brand and mm-hmm. I've never done licensing. So I thought it was a really uh, interesting thing for me to, to add to my repertoire. And, you know, it was with Gwen Stefani, but lamb and Zendaya shoes, and Badgley Mishka. So it was like, mm-hmm. it had my fashion thing, but it was all very, um, the, the culture there was not my culture. And it was mm-hmm. the first time I'd ever come into a company where I didn't create it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all this very male, very, you know, they started calling me the girl. And it was like, I'm your CEO. I am not the girl, you know? And they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. And like brushed off. And it just, it really, um, it wasn't my, the whole thing was not my cup of tea without a doubt, but you know, I did learn and I met some mm-hmm. really great people there. But the mm-hmm. minute my contract was up, I, you know, <laughs> I grabbed my placard and walked out the door. Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, I think we we always learn, don't we? And that's a good thing. But it's, um, I think it's, and life is too short ultimately to be 
um, or certainly when you become aware, because maybe when you're younger or when I was younger, you're, you're not sort of, I wasn't right in the first few years thinking about, oh, does this culture fit? But then as you're doing tasks and then you're beginning to open and look for the future and learning about life, you're like, hold on, maybe this isn't so aligned to me. And I think it's having yeah. that bravery to step out and find what, what is aligned. And um, Exactly. And well, I, also too, I remember I, I met Jean Simmons from, the, from KISS. Okay. And we were to have a meeting. It was my at Rockland Public, and it was my business partner. It was just something you said just reminded me. Mm. And my business partner was always late, so I showed up first. And I get to and we're meeting at Jean's house, and he's like, "Oh, hey, um, so uh, are you like the PR director?" Or I'm like, "Excuse me," I'm like, "No, I'm the other half of Rockland Public." And he's like, "Well, like, like what?" He was so confused. I said, "No." to understand you know i'm i'm this brand this is my brand i started this brand he was like oh i just instantly he had that was it was dismissed when yeah. i walked right up I th- to him it was i, very I think we've, we've been um i think um i like to think i'd like to think it's changing now but um how you know, certain generations were taught to see people in a certain way whether it's female male and so often it was the male being put forward as he has to be the business person and the female not. Um, uh-huh. and very it's strange. Still, <laughs> it is very strange. As much as I have seen some positive changes, I can absolutely concur that there's still a lot of work to be done in that particular lane. So looking now though, your current business, it's obviously a swimwear line and you have, you're using plastic bottles in to the- To make our swimwear. To make, make the swimwear. And um, now, how did that come about? Is it something you're passionate about? I know I've seen you on the beaches walking in Malibu. I'm a big sea person. I'm very conscious or became very aware in the last few years about the amount of plastic that's going in our oceans and what they're forecasting for 2050. I mean, it's just almost, you think, is this really happening? Are we not changing this? Um, Was that something that you consciously thought? How did it sort of all come about? You know, it's actually, I grew up, um, with what well, I call them jippies they're Jewish hippie parents and my mom was always into recycling and I thought we were poor I didn't realize you know when you're little you don't know what's up and I didn't realize that my mother was actually a really big into you know saving the planet if you will mm-hmm. and we yeah. would collect bottles and cans and newspapers and we would drive so far away you know to the recycling center and my mom would even turn off the, the lights and be like, save electricity. She wouldn't even use paper bags. She's like, you know, save a tree. She was super into it. And, and <laughs> it, it, it stuck, you know, it really did somewhere inside. Um, it, it, it's always been who I am. And, yeah. you know, even at Rock and Republic, we were really um, as much as a, of a polluting business, a fashion industry is, and as denim, we chose to, to uh, the more expensive route to do denim in, Los Angeles, mm. because the the it was much more strict guidelines for pollutants than anywhere else in the entire world was in Los Angeles. So we decided okay. to manufacture there. Whenever there's any damages or leftover goods, they didn't end up in landfills. We had them shredded down, and they were used as installa- in insulation in low income housing. And nobody ever wanted to hear that story. They always just wanted to hear, you know, about Victoria Beckham, Howard David and Victoria, or, you know, Carmen, uh, or Cameron Diaz is wearing your pants, you know, like House Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. It was like of that genre, you know, that's all they cared about. And, you know, who was on the red carpet in our our, our jeans. And now, I mean, to now, that story, you know, fast forward how many years. It's completely 180. Which is fantastic. progress there um and it well to a degree you know movement glad you're you're on that train I think it's fantastic before you got to uh, I'm interested in when that idea because when you're going through career transitions or you've gone in and out and you're I'm going to stop now then I'm going to start had you gone back in was your vision to think well maybe I am done now and I'm going to enjoy life again where did this erupt do you think you just are a serial entrepreneur and it's in your blood and you always have to be doing something. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I thought I was done. I thought I'm going to have a, a baby now and yeah. this is my new life. And here's my husband and this great child and we're traveling and everything. But yes, uh, every, everyone said I couldn't do it. 
couldn't be that person. And I thought, no, I am doing it, you know. Um, But I am a serial entrepreneur, without a doubt. I was with a bunch of friends. And, you know, I grew up in between Hawaii and Southern California. So I've always been in swimwear. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm busty. Things haven't always fit right on me. Things haven't been comfortable. And now, you know, I'm a woman. So I'm not wearing like two pieces of string. <laughs> uh, and I was with uh, a bunch of other women and we were all talking about how nothing fit right. And we wished something was maybe pulled a little tighter over here or could adjust over here. Mm. And as we were talking, a friend of mine turned to me and she said, well, you know how to make clothes. Why don't you do this? Why don't you make something? And I thought, no way. I, I'm not getting back into that. You know, but she definitely easy, is it? Yeah. No, and it's funny. I used to always say the two hardest things to fit are denim and swim. So mm-hmm. I'm a total serial entrepreneur and a glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so I started tinkering around and, and I'm not a sewer and my drawing is, is always terrible, my drawings. But um, as a designer, I've always been a draper. You know, I drape things, cut mm-hmm. things, um, that way so I took lots of undergarments and other bathing suits I cut them I, I glued them I stickled them um hot glue the whole deal to make them look how I wanted so mm-hmm. I took like my first design was a strapless bra and I I cut things braided things and and made these really crude kind of Frankenstein bathing suits and those <laughs> were my first prototypes so taking shapewear and swimwear so that you have support you have adjustability so I'd like to problem solve, like, you know, um, certain suits I love, but I would actually take them to get altered because they didn't mm-hmm. fit right. So I was trying to incorporate the adjustable factors. So everyone's body is different. And also, my God, our women's bodies are, they change almost daily. You know, some days I'm like, oh, I can make this so tight. And other days, oh, I have to let this out so much. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Who, who would you love to have um, in your swimwear? Anyone you thought, oh, um, just or it hasn't that crossed you know, not one one not one in particular like like um celebrity or or someone mm. of fame per se but you know i think she's a, a woman who is well, i mean i i i joke i say and anyone you know who's like 25 to to a, a california 65 you know <laughs> um but it's really, I, I love when women put it on and say, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Oh my gosh, I feel so confident. It's that for me, more so than any celebrity is, are, is to see real mm. women really happy and really feeling confident in swimwear. It makes me, it, it, it thrills me beyond. I can't even tell you. And when I see a stranger wearing it, it just, it blows my mind. And amazing. Oh no, I, I saw, um, I, I went to Wahoo for an interview the other day and um, I was, at this resort and I was leaving the resort and I saw this woman and she was wearing one of my suits and I said oh I said I really love your suit I have to tell you I'm the designer she's like oh my god I have to tell you she's like I've never loved a suit more blah 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 and I was like it made my day and she said oh you made my day I've never met a designer of this woman I'm like you made my day I've never met like a girl on the street woman on the street who's so happy you know because we're yes. very exposed so we want to feel secure and Absolutely. sucked in in the right spots. <laughs> Absolutely. It's obviously a lot of women who should head over to your brand. I know my own lifestyle. Um, I've always been challenged to find a good swimsuit, but also husbands, partners, boyfriends listening, they should uh, head over. That whole body conscious, how we feel in ourselves. And then, um, you know, it's the eco-friendly bit is also, it's not just my swimmer, our packaging. It's all mm. compostable. Uh, mm-hmm. and or recyclable as well and like the tape that we use it's paper tape it's not the plastic tape mm-hmm. and then there's no plastic bits that you know attach things onto the swimwear it's there's none of that so it, it's like it's really we do as much as we possibly can at this stage to be yeah. as sustainable as possible and you know uh, some people are into that and some aren't but at the end of the day yeah. um we also provide an amazing fitting swimwear and mm-hmm. um we, you know, we have like these kimonos and it, even things, you know, I've, I've done um, so many focus groups with women. They want pockets, right? So all of our kimonos have pockets, uh, you know, like we have these mesh pants, they have pockets, Every, anything women want, I try mm-hmm. to, to give it to them, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, how do you, 
uh, I do some ruching on the on the bum of our suit, so because it rounds out your tush. You know, it's like all the little nuances and little details. I want every piece I say has to work for you. <laughs> if it doesn't Absolutely. work for you, it's out of the collection. You know, it has like a layer of support in the in the stomach when I have a high rise, and I wear our one pieces like. Um, body suits really. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I have this, I always say ABR, whenever you're packing, always be ready, always have a one piece bathing suit. You can use it as your um, body suit. You can jump in a jacuzzi. You can, you know, just always be ready. They don't take up a lot of room. <laughs> and I, I wear cute. them constantly as body suits. Behind all that, what do you think sort of going back to you know, being a business leader, being a female in business. And um, I mean, regardless, business isn't always easy, is it? And no, um, it, it's not. And and to take the lead and take the helm, what would you say to sort of the new generations who are just, what would you advise them what they'd have to sort of prepare themselves for the realities that if you had to give them some advice, if they thought, oh, I'd love to start a business of my own. You know, every. I really hate to say this, but I've, I've really come across this um, a generation of people that don't, and this is a generalization. I have mm. a lot of great people on my team that work very, very hard. And, you know, um, I think that we were unsensitive for so many years to people's mm. emotions and everything that it's ricocheted where it's overly sensitive to emotions and um, like people take it to the extreme. It's like, um, you know, you don't get a trophy just for showing up. You have to work hard. You have yeah. to overcome that. If you're having a bad day, you, you can't just go home. Like you have to get your work done, pull it in yourself and pull it through. If not, you, you're not going to succeed. If you do, it's mm -hmm. going to be temporary. You have to have the wherewithal to, to push through fight with, within yourself, different emotions. And, um, you know, I, I, make jokes about everything and sometimes people are like you know they think well i'm i'm not being sensitive and it's like no I'm, i am being sensitive but let's be real here this is our what our task at hand this is what we have mm -hmm. to do so let's have fun with it and go on you know and um it's not always easy and there's you know you you have to kind of i hate to say fake it to you make it in a sense but like smile through the pain sometimes mm -hmm. you know and be mm -hmm. really creative not just um, in the design part of it, but your financing, how you're going to ship things, how you're going to get things done. You have to always come up with different solutions and you have to think fast mm -hmm. and you can't be afraid. And you've just, mm -hmm. we all will be afraid as entrepreneurs at some point, but you just have to push through and you have to believe it, you know, that, that it's going to happen. And this is the right decision. Mm -hmm. And they're not all going to be right, but the more chances you take, then the more opportunities you have to succeed. And what do you think the key skills for someone who takes on that entrepreneurial path versus working for another company? If you had to list, you know, two or three traits that you think are the most um, important, because you know the entrepreneurial journey. I, I'm I'm familiar with the journey, and it isn't always easy. And I think it's definitely it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so if you had to choose some two or three traits that uh, you you've got to have. What would they be? Well, you, you definitely have to have vision mm. and you have to have passion and you have to be able to share that and um, get other people on your mission so that you can create and build something. If you just sit in a room and, and have these ideas of grandeur, it gets nowhere, but you have to like recruit people that believe mm -hmm. in what you're doing. It's almost position within your own company to, to bring these people on to believe in your mission in a sense and um, to really have thick skin and to have um, more money in the bank than you thought you needed when you started the project. <laughs> <laughs> Everything always costs more than you think. God, I don't know how that happens. Um, and uh, not to take things personal at, at all, you know, okay. um, like it, it's, it's, it's cool if people like me, um, and I, I'd like that because I, I like a nice work atmosphere, but at the same time, they need to respect my decisions. And I think nowadays what I like to do with my team um, is to have an open forum. I am happy to listen to anyone's suggestions. I am happy to hear what other people have to say and bring to the table because just because it's, I have a certain vision or a certain way that I want to do something, um, it, 
it might not be right. It might be right in my head, mm-hmm. but you know what? It's always good to, to look around the corner. So uh, my team really appreciates that. Even like down to our photography and everything, production, you know, how, how the warehouse is even organized. You know, I really try to hear everyone's side of the story. So mm-hmm. it's um, people feel more part of the process. They feel like, yes, they, they contributed. And when mm-hmm. they do, they feel a sense of ownership. And then there's a sense of pride. And I really, I like that. It, I think it builds a stronger team, you know, and then, you know, as the visionary, as the one who pushes through, as the leader of light, and it, when things fall down, you know, I keep smiling and going forward. And I think that's the biggest difference between somebody who maybe does, does versus an employee versus an entrepreneur, right? So the employee, you know, can work hard and they can do a good job, but they need um, more parameters, do you know what I mean? And, and they need it to be a little safer because being an entrepreneur, you're kind of out there, you know, and, you know, I look at different types of projects. I think outside of the box, you know, when my team is like, this is what we're doing. I think, cool. You know, what else <laughs> we can do, you know, we can do like a, a subsidiary line for this and we can build this and then we can start our men's collection and we can start our kids. And, you know, um, I lead the charge. You know, there are leaders and then there are followers and you have to have both. Absolutely. Just because somebody is a follower is not a bad thing. They're absolutely needed. You know, um, and when uh, Rock and Republic got so massive, every year we would, you know, thank everybody uh, all the time, right, for all, everyone's hard work. But we had a maintenance man and we always honored him the most. And a new employee said, why are you guys honoring him the most? Like we would, you know, like, I, yeah. because guess what? he's just as important as you are because if the trash isn't taken out, if the floors are a mess, if everything's a mess, guess what? You can't do your job, you know, and you have to remember that. I think a lot of times people, they don't, uh, especially younger designers or younger people coming into the workforce, they don't realize that just because you came in for a specific type of work that you have to wear a lot of hats. You know, I I remember I was uh, packing, somebody was trying to pack a box. This is again at Rothman Republic. And and I said, no, this is how, this is the proper way to, to actually tape the box. And they're like, oh my God, how did you learn how to do that? Mm-hmm. I packed the first million dollars we ever shipped. I packed solely by myself. And this was back when you had to write. It was before the computers and UPS and shipping and all this. I had to handwrite everything in every book. And it was so much work. And nowadays, I think um, the generationally, there's so many more tools that make things easier too. And people fill schools, especially they fill the heads of like, you're going to be a designer, you'll sit at a big design table and lead people and manage people, but they don't teach people how to lead, how to manage, how to take the steps for you to become that person and what you actually have to do. Absolutely. Yeah, it's that there's functional skills and then there's the softer skills and there's the other attitude and that sort of work ethic and stuff, which can't always be taught, perhaps. Um, I think some people have it, some people can learn things, but it does vary. As you mentioned earlier, important that all generations, you know, don't get too soft. Work has to, you know, it does take work and it's not, it's not always easy. Um, yeah. But the, the satisfaction and, you know, to take something from A to B or A to Z is, um, is fantastic. So it's um, a reward. I've seen a, a lot of experiences in my time too. So uh, as a purveyor, so I understand what you're saying. And, uh, and, and absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to say things too these days because, you know, we're forced to be so politically correct, ever mean to, to intentionally be unpolitically correct, but I sometimes do fall into that category with, uh, but just cause like I make fun of myself or I'm silly at myself. Um, so I don't, you know, I'm silly with, with everything, but, um, I just think if you work hard, no matter what you do and you see your vision through and you're good to people, Mm you know, I'm, I'm hoping mm. that we can all be successful in everything that we do. You know? I think I saw on one, um, I love what you, you said, because it was in regard to inspire a movement that would bring um, the most amount of good to the most amount of people. Uh, what would that be? I don't remember when you said that a few years back, but I wondered what your thought was on that now. Are you, at the time, <laughs> you, at the time you shared kindness, um, is that, do you still, you know what? I still think it is kindness. You know, at the end of the day, um, everyone wants somebody to be kind to them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think sometimes it even stops people in their tracks. Unfortunately, when you do show kindness um, and, and like you were saying, 
you know, especially like when things are, are rolling positively or negatively, and I try to roll things positively that not everyone thinks like that, but, but you, you know what, you can, you can gather enough people. It, it will make a difference is what mm-hmm. I think, but um, everyone wants to be treated kindly, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I try to treat everyone how I would like to be treated. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I think it is still, still true what I said. Yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's so often things change, don't they? I mean, they always talk about we have our own values. It's very normal in someone's life for your value system to change. And that's just normal. And it's uh, healthy to keep, you know, checking in and do we still stand for this versus why? Um, and I, I, I ran it, I ran the exercise uh, a year or so ago for myself. Um, and it was interesting because I, I have, I did shift a bit. And I'm, I, although, yes, maybe what I thought a few years ago, but I am different now. So it's um, um, you, not different, but you, what, what comes to the forefront more is more important than something else that um, I think that's normal in life. But in terms of your values, um, do you, what would you, what do you think about? Where do you well, I think right also now? too, like, I really like the win-win. I'm, mm. I'm really, really into the win-win um, because if, if you're happy doing business with me, you're going to do better. You're going to, you know, yeah. maybe you'll, you'll push my production to the front of the line, um, you know, uh, and that will make me happy. And so they're winning. I'm winning. It's just that whole thing. And yeah. that's extraordinarily important to me. And if, if somebody's disappointed, that's in certain things like that's life. But at the end of the day, like overall, are you winning? Are you mm-hmm. working from home because that's where you like to be, but in your super succeeding, then you're winning. I'm getting the work and the happiness from you that I need you're yeah. getting mm-hmm. a, an environment that you like to work in. Great. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the world has shifted a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I am finding people wanting to, you know, the win-win uh, is becoming a little more popular. I hope it, it keeps gaining momentum. That's extraordinarily important. And that's, I mean, with everything that, that I do, like I try to even, you know, be as clear as I can so you can be as, as clear with your work so then you're happy about the work that you put out absolutely and I I read um uh it was an article this week where it was about the four-day working week that some companies have been testing out uh, the feedback I, I didn't read the full article but it was something it was something I, I envisioned I would love to bring in at least once a month everyone had a four-day week or something like that so that I always believed in the one day for rest, one day to have fun and one day to get tasks done. Um, and I'd be prepared exactly. to work more intensely. I haven't had necessarily a traditional path where every day, you know, for many years, I wasn't sat in an office nine till five. I, I certainly feel from my own side, I'm more productive. There. And I love the team aspect. I love being with teams in terms of productivity. What do you, so what do you think about this? I know it's not always possible with every oh, industry. It. It's because you know some things you can't just shut a hospital for example for <laughs> sorry we have a full day no but, but you could like shift your the the staffing to accommodate yeah, that but yeah I, I think it's 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 fabulous I really do and you know it, it's a lot like you know in in America you know it's very like work 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 in other countries you know like let's say Spain it, it's you have your siestas things close and um people have generally they're ha- happier I think and healthier, yeah. and so I think it would be wonderful to have the. I mean, um, three days free, especially like if you've got children and mm. there's in the background. No, if you have children and there they have sporting events on the weekends, right? And then so now you've got these sporting events, and now you've got things to do, and now there's zero time for yourself. You have nothing. Mm. So I think a lot of people would love to work harder during those four days to yeah. have a fifth day off. And mm-hmm. I really love the work from home thing. I think that people, um, you know, especially in Los Angeles where the commute is just so wicked, you know, um, you waste so much time, but two, three hours a day in a commute round trip. Think about the quality of life that these people have now. They're exercising, they're being healthier, they're making their lunches, they're eating better. They have pets, you know, that are giving them, you know, emotional satisfaction and mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. You know, I... I have a home office and I, I usually work in my office. Um, I do have some, I mean, it's quite large. I do have some staff that comes in, but it's still on my property and um, my daughter's homeschooled. So we can have lunch together and it's really cool. And I, you know, can 
see her in the halls around the around the uh, water cooler <laughs> makes me so happy but at the same time i do like to connect with everyone in our mm. our, our warehouse and everything at least once a week so then there's that mm. camaraderie and facetime that and and there's so many industries that can work that normally works nine to five insurance companies and this and that mm. they can work from home you know why not why drive to a building to sit in a cubicle work there and then drive all the way home and this way you're in a home environment that is mm-hmm. conducive for your life. I know a lot of people can't afford maybe to have yeah. like a dedicated office or anything. So like you said, it's all malleable and some things will yeah. work and some things won't work. Yeah. But I think when we can, I think it's much healthier for us as human beings that has been completely overlooked. And if you have to pull one nice thing out of the pandem- pandemic, a lot of people mm-hmm. um, have incorporated that and if they work nine to five then boom five o'clock at 505 they're home they're working in their gardens they're playing with yeah. their children you know instead of waiting till 6 30 and then having to decompress from the traffic yes it's definitely uh, aspects and just finding that balance for for everyone depending on their setup but yes the all these people who said about the four-day week they said they will never ever want to go back they were they were all adamant so it was interesting uh, so like well, you know, that. it's funny. I actually worked a hundred thousand years ago because I'm a dinosaur. Um, <laughs> um, I had a job for a summer out of school and I was working in a photo lab and I would work 10 hours a day for four days and I had three days off and it was fabulous. I would do little weekend getaways, you know, I'd leave Thursday night and beat all the traffic and it was, it was wonderful. I really, yeah. really loved it. That brings me, I, I did see something which I didn't know about you before. It's before you moved into the fashion side that you were, did some acting. Is that correct <laughs> yeah. or not? Yes. That is, no, that is correct. Yes, that is correct. I, no, I, I didn't know. It was just, it. it was just a, um, <laughs> no, I'm just, it, it, no, but I, I'm just highlighting because I thought when I was interesting, but it's always showing transitions, isn't it? So yeah. many people like originally back in the day, I, I mean, I remember sort of 10 years ago, talking to someone and they said well if they kind of implied unless I had done one position the same position for 25 years I couldn't be any good at it that was the reference I I don't believe in that because I've seen a laugh through life someone could it doesn't (laughs) fit fit like that I understood why the condition to see the world like that um but when you have to navigate just trying to sort of highlight to people that you can make different moves some people you're, you're right I, I think some people, and I uh, speaking to some youth where they feel that 24, they're 24 years old and they, they're talking like their life is over because they haven't yeah. figured out this one career. And, um, and I just, I, I just, you know, you can, you could do something for a number of years, still transition and off you go again and off you go again and not to fear that and be so, you know, stressed about, um, I've got to nail what I need to do at 22. Otherwise, my life is over. Um, no, you're right. I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up because a lot of people do feel that pressure of like, okay, I've made this decision and I don't want to be like a typical millennial and switch things or this and I'm going to do it and I might not like it, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to be great at it. And it's like, why don't you find something else that you love? We all change. That's why I could never commit to a tattoo. <laughs> we change, you know, we evolve. And the thing is we take aspects of what we've learned from what we've done. And then we, we bring bits of those things into the next career that we do into the next, you know, um, yeah. Absolutely. So, so yes, I was a little embarrassed by that, but actually thank you for bringing that up. You, you're right. I mean, I look at tangible skills and, you know, in that lane, you're, you're learning, there's so many skills that you learn in that from resilience to rejection, to, to, yeah. to um, communication skills, all those things are fundamental parts of business. When I went from the pharmaceutical industry into the entertainment industry. People would go, <laughs> how can you do that, Julia? That's ridiculous. And I was like, well, well hold on. Watch so let's me. look at <laughs> acting. I took all the money, my business partner and I, and mm-hmm. we took all the money that we made at the time. It was extremely lucrative for TV commercials and everything. And that's how we started Rock and Republic with the money Amazing. we made from acting. I, I'm a champion of sometimes a lot of people get dialed into well how can you possibly go from that to that and I'm like I know I was like I want to do a podcast and I want to interview you now (laughs) (laughs) because it's just like I'm like really really unless you have that title they don't want to I don't know But, but that I think that's the future that's the way of the world and being 
versatile in so many aspects and taking what you learn from everything and, and applying it into various things. And I think it makes you as a person more interesting. It widens the circle of, you know, uh, of things that you can do, people that you know, and it just makes for a fuller life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when um, people ask me, I was talking to somebody yesterday about something and they're like, oh my God, is there anything you haven't done or anything you haven't, you know, whatever. And I said, well, I've done so many different things. You know, I've had so many different hats, lived different places, traveled, so on and so forth. So if you're going to have different experiences than somebody who is nine to five for the rest of their life and locked in at something and they're in a routine. I know when I first to the US and someone said to me, Julie, you're so lucky. And I go, lucky? I said, that's interesting. I said, well, I had to make that decision. I had to, I don't know anyone. I had to make a brave leap. Yeah, you're like, how's this luck? I had to, I had to save money. I had to make money to be able to go and do that. I had to um, leave my friends and my family. Was... I would have said to you, "You're so brave." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I mean, really, uh... because everything you said, like that's it's brave. It's hard to pick up and move to. Okay. Yeah. Well, you especially like a completely different country, you know, culturally. I mean, thank God, at least it was still an English-speaking yeah. language, but yeah. um, you know, it's... it. It's it's challenging it's, for sure. Yeah, it, it's not. Um, and I think because people, uh, I had gone through a life event beforehand. I won't go into that now because that's a whole other conversation. But I think when you go through sometimes life events, it, it for me, it you're having a refresh on everything, and it, it made me perhaps do things that maybe I might not have done had that not happened. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't generally know because. I would never know. I, I love your it's inspiring to hear about, you know, living, you know, living life and making that choice, even when you don't know how or what, but uh, you've got a rich history of so much, so many things. I'm glad that you're, you're out there again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's, uh, and, and I think that the, the swimwear line is, um, it's much needed. That's a space that needed some love. And um, it, it did. And, you know, it's, it's made for women. And I think, yes. you know, especially, like this generationally, we're completely, um, we're left out. You know, you can find a suit for, for a real mumsy looking type of a thing, right? And you can find a little string bikini if you're 19. But where does a woman go who still mm-hmm. wants to look good, who still wants to feel sexy, who doesn't want to look frumpy or like you're wearing a sports bra or yeah. anything like that? And it's a whole category that's, that's been missed. Absolutely. And I really, I love to embrace that. And like I said, I love to make women happy. And I took my love for fashion, how I got the name here, uh, my love for fashion and swim, yeah. right? So a fashionista, yeah. swimmingista, no, I how, how brilliant. That, that kind of worked together. I, and I love it. And I, I want everyone to feel good. Absolutely. And so just, just sort of wrapping up now, what, what do you, what, apart from going to the hospital, what, 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 what else goes on in Hawaii? Sharing just a bit of insight to Hawaii. For, so for oh, I, I keep, I, I keep um, a place in on the big Island and um, um, I, I used to live over here um, mm. permanently. And now then actually acting then took me back over to the mainland. And then um, I sell mostly in resorts. So this is like a playground, like heaven for me. I do trunk shows here. I've got the Four Seasons at Hawaii on the Big Island and the Mauna Kea. Uh, I've got specialty stores as well, but I do a tremendous amount of business and I trunk shows and I get to see everyone all Mm -hmm. year, what they're wearing, what they like to wear. Sometimes I'll ask women, you know, well, what made you decide to wear that suit or does that, is that comfortable? Or I just, it's a, it's a really good way, like real life focus group. Mm-hmm. girl absolutely. on the street type of a thing you know? yeah, ab- um, absolutely and I, I I sell to all the islands you know the Maui Four Seasons mm-hmm. the Kahala all over so it's mm-hmm. a huge huge market for me here and it's a place that I love and mm-hmm. I get very inspired why do you think because a lot of people talk about Hawaii as being quite a I'm going to use the word magical place I I know what I feel when I'm there and it's just it's a whole um as its own spirit it's yes you know She's alive what, Hawaii is alive yeah yeah, absolutely. And when you look into, I remember going there and um, getting a little book and which very succinctly described their sort of living process. I was like, oh my gosh, their sort of philosophies. I thought, well, this this would do great for the rest of the world. What's what's the one thing? I don't know. Is there something that stands out? Um, well, I do. I love that. This is the first time I heard the philosophy when I first was here was like, leave only footprints and take only memories. Mm. You know, so it's like, don't. Lo- don't litter don't make a mess you know don't take things 
don't, um, you know, beautiful shells or rocks or like just take the memories. Mm-hmm. And when I first came over, my father used to do business on the islands. And when I first um, came over, when I was a little kid, I, I, I like, I got off the plane and I was like, this is it. This is, you know, and, and it's really cool. Cause you know, all my old moo's and everything, I somehow I stored them away and <laughs> my daughter now she, she broke into them and she's been wearing all my old moo's and all my old, Hawaiiana clothes it's really cool but there's definitely something magical here when you take a moment and just you know you look out at the stars you look out at the sunshine you feel the wind and you really it, the, the the you know the earth here the it's called the Aina it's the the land you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you really appreciate what the land has and it has you know all this volcanic energy it's, it's like you know you look out and you just you can't even believe this is America this is the United States of America you know, there's a volcano, it's erupting right now. And there's snow on a mountain right now, all on the one island. You know, it's just, it's an incredible place of energy and it keeps growing. And through lava and everything, the island is shifting and it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's beautiful. And it's funny because sometimes when I, I was here last month and I, I was working every day and I hadn't jumped in the water and everyone's like, oh no, you have to jump into her. Uh, you have to, you know, embrace her you have to jump in the water at least you know and it, it's like it's a thing I, don't, I can't explain it but you have to just embrace all aspects and and give gratitude you know to Pele to to the island and mm-hmm. um for all the offerings yeah, beyond some, the touristic aspects of it yeah a- a- absolutely but some great sort of policies that you know if we're bringing into our own lives or day-to-day lives of gratitude and environments appreciation like yeah yeah Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Andrea, this has been absolutely fantastic. I'm going to wrap things up here as I know you have your full day ahead. And thank you for sharing. Actually, I'm going through the volcano today, actually. Oh my God, fantastic. I'm going, I'm going to be hiking through um, Kilauea Aliki. It's a, wow. taking some friends through the cinder cone there. So it will be interesting. Incredible. But, um, next time I'm going to interview you because I know you've got some stories in you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I would, it would be a pleasure. Yes. Good luck with the business. I don't think you need luck. I mean, I know there's challenges, but I love Thank I love you. what you, how you're, you, you're moving forward. It is needed out there and to inspiring others. And let's get that four-day week. <laughs> yes, four-day weeks. And um, you can all check us out online at swiminista.com and that's swim, I-N-I-S-T-A.com. Um, and we have a, great shopping fit guide so it can fit your body and, and you can adjust all the suits so you can you can feel great so come and shop and i'd love to share my love of what i do with everyone and thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it all right andrea you have a beautiful fun time talking with you thank you very much <laughs> i feel like Take we're care. kindred spirits <laughs> okay <laughs> we've got more conversations to be had all right yes. take care god bless all right bye bye right. thank you bye bye